Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Voice Podcast. I'm Vernon R.E. Jones, managing broker, owner of Jones Homes, and for 30 years we have serviced the seven county Denver metro area. Consumer price index rises the fastest since 2008. Consumer prices rose in May at the fastest annual rate since 2008, a bigger jump than economists had predicted and one that is sure to keep inflation at the center of political and economic debate in Washington. The CPI, or Consumer Price Index, surged 5% in May from a year prior, the Labor Department confirmed today. Economists had expected an increase of 4.7%. The CPI rose 0.6% rose from April to May, compared with forecasts for only a 0.5% gain. The core Consumer Price Index, which excludes volatile food, and energy costs rose 3.8% from a year earlier, the fastest pace since June 1992. And prices are rising everywhere, from everything from airfares to used cars. And the data released on Thursday offers policymakers and investors another chance to assess whether that pickup is likely to be short-lived or is poised to be the kind of lasting inflation that officials and us worry about. As prices have climbed in recent months, government officials and many economists have said the jump is likely to fade with time. The annual number in particular is getting a boost from what's called a base effect. The year ago number was depressed by pandemic driven shutdown. So the current figures look large by comparison. But the strong monthly figure for May, which came on the heels of a sharp rise in April, showed that prices have been moving up quickly for more than just technical reasons. The critical question is whether that is a transient trend tied to reopening or something more persistent. One economist, Julia Coronado, founder of the research firm Macro Policy Perspectives, says that we are at peak heat. This is the moment. And she also expects inflation to fade. Her question is, how big is the fade and how soon? Investors today were eh, kind of ho-hum about the data. Yields on two-year, on 10-year government bonds, which have been particularly sensitive concern about inflation, were unchanged by mid-morning. While stocks rose about a half percent, gains that put the S&P 500 on track to close at, again, another record. Still, the stakes are very high on both Wall Street and Main Street. Inflation can erode purchasing power if wages do not keep up. A short-lived burst would be unlikely to cause lasting damage, but an entrenched one could force the Fed to cut its support for the economy, potentially tanking stocks, and risking a fresh recession. Obviously, at that point, it's a potential for interest rates to start to rise on houses, and it could push out buyers are trying to get into the market, especially with the home prices continuing to rise. The Federal Reserve targets a different index as it aims for a 2% over, overall average inflation. The personal consumption expenditures measure that gauge is closely linked to the CPI, Consumer Price Index, 
though it tends to run slightly below it. Outside of the base effect, the recent pop in consumer prices has been driven by two trends. The economy is reopening from a global pandemic shutdown for the first time ever, and some materials are in short supply as manufacturers try to ramp up production. Also, some households are flush with cash, able to spend after multiple stimulus checks and months in lockdown, which has been goosing consumer demand. The 29.7% annual increase in used car prices reported for May is the most striking examples of how bottlenecks are driving inflation. Demand for cars, used and new, are outpacing supply in part because of a global shortage of semiconductors that has hobbled vehicle production. That chip shortage, which arose from factory shutdowns during the pandemic and one-off problems like a drought in Taiwan, could take time to resolve, but it should prove temporary. And a sign that companies are finding a way to adjust to the global shortage, General Motors said earlier in June that they would start to increase shipments of pickup trucks and other vehicles to dealers. But economists are parsing the data for signs that the price increases will prove longer lasting. For example, rent and owner's equivalent rent, two measures of housing costs that make up a big share of the inflation reading, but which move more slowly are important to watch. Both moved higher in May. Most economists are believing we're getting an earlier rebound than what they expected, and that's significant. The fresh inflation figures are likely to spur continued debate in Washington, where the White House and the Fed have been playing down the recent run-up as temporary, and Republicans have used the price gains as ammunition in their critiques of Democrats' spending. Other economists, Andrew Hunter, senior economist at Capital Economics, states while inflation is likely to fall back next year as base effects fade, some of the upward pressure on prices and the pandemic hit sectors subside, we expect core inflation to remain materially above the Fed's target. Remember, their target is 2%. This data was released less than a week before the central bank's June meeting, which will give the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, Another opportunity to address how he and his colleagues plan to achieve their two key goals, stable prices and full employment in this tricky post-pandemic economic environment. What has that done for houses? Well, let's take a look. According to recent data provided by the Denver Metro Association of Realtors, this report kind of showcases transactions encompassing the 11 counties of the Denver metro area. Adams, Arapahoe, Boulder, Broomfield, Clear Creek, Denver, Douglas, Elbert, Gilpin, Jefferson, and Park counties, respectively. In May 2020, average sold price was 494165 Average sold price in May 2021, 623279 List price to sold price ratio, May 2020, 99.39%. May 2021, 105.2%. That means what the house was listed for 
and what it was sold for. So we can see houses are selling at 5.2% more of what they're listed for. Whereas in last year, during the middle of the pandemic, they were still selling at 99.39%. Again, all that has to do with a lot of inventory. Number of home sales, May, May 2020, 3,578. Number of home sales, May 2021, 5,322. New listings, May 2020, 7,337 came on the market. New listings in May 2021, 6,311. So we can see a lessening of new listings. Average days on the market in May 2020, 24. Average days on the market, May 2021 is 11. Homes that are under contract, May 2020, 6,521. And homes under contract, May 2021, 6,719. Inventory continues to shrink, even though, even though more homes are coming on the market. It definitely is proving that there's a lot of buyer pent-up demand still existing. So much more to talk about it. So much more to talk about. But we'll end it here. And please call us with any questions at 303-359-8218. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Voice Podcast. I'm Vernon R.E. Jones. As always, please be safe.